Divine and Humanists. This is a podcast aimed at atheist and humanist parents addressing how we talk to our kids about ethics. The term atheist explains what we don't believe in, but how do we define what atheist parents do in fact believe? Well, that's where humanism comes in. A humanist believes in doing good for its own sake and defining what's right or wrong based on the context, time and culture, rather than referring our problems to a higher power. But without a shared book of ethical instruction, what do humanists teach their kids? In this podcast, I'd like to get better at having these conversations about ethics with my kids and hear from other parents. Let's make our kids' world a little bit better, one conversation at a time. So this show is the first part of a two-part show called How Do We Raise Kids as Feminists? And rather than ranting at you about it, I've interviewed two local Barnet mums, Kat Ellis and Caroline Schillebeer, so here are their interviews. Off we go. So I've got Kat Ellis on the line. Hello, Kat. Hi there. <laughs> Hi, and I got in touch with Kat after seeing a couple of posts on Twitter uh, to talk about this week's topic, which was raising children as feminists. So is there anything you want to say about yourself before we start recording, Kat? Or were you t- talking about the topic, I mean? Okay, yeah, so uh, my name's Kat, and uh, I know um, you from Twitter. I tweet about all sorts of different things that interest me. But amongst those things are the fact that I'm a parent. I just have one daughter. She's seven years old. And uh, uh, it's really important grows up having basically all the opportunities that any other kid would have. This is just something that um, is of interest to me. And I, I, I tend to tweet about these things occasionally. Right. Well, thanks for that. And yeah, I mean, I thought your, your your tweets were quite lively and also you're from from Barnet and I'm trying to sound out people's views when it comes to education, having better conversations with children about ethics. And I, I suppose I see feminism as coming under that umbrella, although I understand that other people might not or might see it as being its own set of ideas. And anyway, we'll, we'll jump into the first question that I wanted to ask you, which was, well, what do you feel are the best ways to raise a child as a feminist? From my perspective, what I try to do is is aware of all the opportunities that are open to her, growing up to believe that you know there's nothing that she can't have the opportunity not to do. Everybody can do anything, but I try and make sure that she's aware that nothing is out of bounds to her simply because she is a girl. Right. And I, I try not to do this too heavy-handedly I don't sit her down and say you know you can do anything that a boy can do but it's just by doing it in a more kind of generic positive way of just making sure that she's aware that she can do anything that she wants to right yes I suppose it's almost not eliminating options rather than necessarily having a a very explicit or a very top-down conversation, as you say, right? Absolutely, and I and I have to also kind of check myself as well, like being careful about what pronouns I use. So yeah. really trying to avoid the default he or him, yeah. <laughs> which it's actually quite hard work because obviously when I was brought up, it, people weren't so worried about these kind of things. So I have to actually sort of 
like positively check my own language and how I use it just to, to try and make sure that this doesn't kind of go into her head. Yeah, it's little things, but then it will make a difference. And you, Absolutely. You, yeah, and so you've you've got a daughter where I suppose it's not that it's simpler or easier to bring up feminism or to raise a, a daughter as a feminist. But one of the questions that interests me or that I've also heard raised on other podcasts like The the Guilty Feminist is, is one of my, my favourite podcasts at the moment is how to engage boys in feminism and in feminist thinking. It's quite an important thing that boys are instead of ignorant about feminism until they become grown-ups and then don't see where it came from sort of thing. only having one daughter it was like from the outset that this parents of girls are only you know half the people so actually i think it's almost more important that the parents to boys go through the same process but the trouble is if you've only got boys you're less likely to be aware of being an issue or thinking of it as an important issue right so the first step is for parents of boys to even be made to realize that there is an issue in how they bring up their boys and then secondly to care about it to think that it's even relevant or important yeah um and then thirdly actually to get on and do it and again i'm not sure i necessarily think that what you need to do is sit down with boys and go this is really important blah 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 but again, <laughs> it's just checking your language and checking the things you say so you know, not using like a girl as a negative yeah. thing and not excusing bad behaviour in boys by using terms like boys will be boys. Right. And, you know, and I, I see an awful of Facebook and articles people have written about, oh, this is what it's like to be a parent of boys. And then it's like article about how the house is so messy and the kids. And I think you know, that that's just basically excusing behaviour. Right. That's actually could be perfectly common in girls as well but saying that that's because they're a boy yeah and i think a lot of parents of boys don't realize what they're doing in perpetuating the stereotypes hmm. and letting those kind of run on and I, I think it's actually boys to take up the struggle as well but yeah. it requires them to realize that it's important well uh, yeah i agree and and as you say there are plenty of unconscious stereotypes that i'm sure exist as much if not more in the parents than in the children themselves yeah well, I mean, we've started with some of the more heavy-handed points there, and the, I suppose one of the reasons also that I got in touch was that you had posted a couple of, uh, of anecdotes of some of your experiences of gender and of feminism or bizarre gender moments. Would you like to, to share any of those? Yeah, sure. Sometimes my daughter makes me so proud and makes me think that I'm not doing a bad job trying to kind of educate her in this way. Yeah. There was an incident recently where I was, I was trying to explain to her what a lip-sync battle was because she was going to try and do one at school. Oh, right. I found something on YouTube. It's quite a well-watched one. It's this guy, I forget his name, but he's like doing Umbrella by Rihanna and he's inverted commas, women's clothes. Oh, God. And at the end of it, my daughter said, I said something about he and my daughter said, oh, I thought that was a woman. And I said, oh, no, it was, it was just a man wearing women's clothes. And she just went, Mummy, there's no such thing as women's clothes. <laughs> oh, except for, except for underpants. <laughs> so, Given that, you know, for boys and girls, where they are actually anatomically different is the underpants area. <laughs> you know, it seems that pants can be for boys and girls, but as far as she's concerned, all other clothes are just for whoever wants to wear them, which which I think is great. We often we uh, yeah. go to, the, to get clothes for her. You look in the so-called girls' aisle, and it's just a, a wall of pink. She wants <laughs> a different colour. It's quite hard. We have to drag her to what we call the other section, because you don't want to say into the boys section yeah yeah but it's great that she felt she could uh, challenge you on that point well that's 
that's it. You know, it just it's like she picks me up and I'm like, yes, I know, I know you're right. That's what I told you. Why can't I remember it myself? <laughs> it's really nice that hopefully it is actually ingrained in her. Yeah. And there was another instant where she bought a book from a second-hand stall at the school and it was a kid's book about castles. You know, she picked it up and bought it for 20p or whatever and brought it home. And it was only when we were looking at home I noticed that it had a sticker on the spine saying books for boys. I was really cross about it. This is an ex-library book from the school. Yeah. And I wanted to the head and, and the head said this is really really old book we do absolutely do not label books that way now they okay. are they're, they're sorted by topic not by gender and I'm obviously very relieved about that but again when I pointed this out to my daughter she just looked at it and went that's silly there's no such <laughs> thing as books for boys and books for girls you know and then again made the, the comment about the underpants and being the only thing that should be for boys or for girls you no know, it's little, little instances like that make me feel that I'm getting somewhere which is really nice well as you say it's uh, a sign that you're doing something right if it's coming back to you and if she's coming back to you with corrections of her own so watch that space i'm sure she'll be all over it <laughs> i know i'm influenced by friends other children feel you know that's a girl's thing i always tell her well no you tell them that there's no such thing <laughs> well that's great to hear well listen um, i just wanted to to thank you for, for being on the podcast it's a f- sort of fledgling podcast and i contacted you like we said via twitter and you were really kind and helpful with your time so a big thanks to Kat Ellis, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on. I hope listeners will excuse the audio in both these recordings. In Kat's recording, it was down to Skype with Caroline's. It was down to background noise. So please forgive my fledgling editing skills. Now, here's a conversation that Caroline and I had in the courthouse. Caroline has been on the podcast before. She's uh, just 30, so happy recent birthday, Caroline. She owns a dog walking company, and uh, here's what the two of us had to say about raising children as feminists. Right, so we're in the courthouse cafe with Caroline. Hello. (laughs) The episode topic is how to raise kids as feminists. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to to start with about having feminist kids or how much we should sort of bring kids into feminism or bring kids up as feminists or yeah well i as soon as we found out that we were having a a child and and then also found out that we were having a girl there yeah. was this sort of um this plan that had to get put into place because you kind of switch on the tv and you put it on the kids channel with the adverts won't won't say any channel name you you've got You've got it from such a young age. And let's be fair, when you're trying to do the cleaning or whatever and trying to get something done around the house, you, yeah. you might put them in front of the TV and leave them to it. What, what are they seeing and taking in? And this stuff became quite apparent like early on. Like we had a quick look. And you've got boys' adverts. Yeah, adventure, come on, like action man, whatever. And then you've got the girls' adverts. It's dolly time, or let's do the hoovering. <laughs> it's so gendered. It's so yeah. gendered. And then you've got to look at the agenda that they've got going on there. And from such a young age, boys are being told that they can do what they want. They, the world is their oyster. They can, they can get out there and, and do stuff and be military leaders or... And, and it's it's crazy because the girls are being primed as these sort of homemakers or everything kind of pink. And anyway, I I just came to sort of this agreement with my family and friends that, OK, when, when our baby arrives, like, we kind of, you know, we don't want a pink box, blue box her. It's not kind of, hey, we want this sort of 
gender fluidity so she can choose whatever gender she is you know like I mean that's that's a bonus and I think in especially in this day and age you know and we can maybe talk another day about um about sort of LGBTQ you, you do want your kid to be able to make a choice in in life but when it comes to the idea of feminism you sort of realize sh like shit you're gonna have to start this early on you're already getting battered against from so many different directions and including friends and family you know like people that have have this idea in their head and they they want to choose the color of what, what color yeah. is suitable for a baby to literally just puke up on their clothes like <laughs> you know, what color yeah. ba baby clothes are, are they wearing um so that's where it kind of began for me i, I wouldn't yeah. say i was kind of like fe a feminist activist um and maybe i i'm not now i do the more i kind of know about the subject in maybe a more academic way but even just a social way uh, you come to realize like mm, I think everyone is actually called a feminist let's not put a word it like basically yeah. you you can call yourself a non-feminist you don't believe in equality you you are well a misogynist yeah yeah right <laughs> but um it, it it definitely had to kind of uh we had to put a plan together. For this. <laughs> I mean, so just a little bit of context. I mean, so your daughter is, uh, she's going to be four. No, she is just turned four. Yeah. And so you've started off with a daughter. And so I've got Theo is seven, Bobby is five, and Una's three. And so we've come through the two boys as well. So in that sense, we've got like a little bit of a different experience. Uh, but, but then, like what you're saying, I, th I think it like there's something really important what you're saying in that, Feminism is often sort of treated as a sort of proactive politics or an ideology, sort of like I'm going to choose that feminism is going to be a thing that I'll bring into my educating my children. And I think it's often treated as conscious politicization of raising your kids, whereas what you're saying, I, I completely go along with that, which is that it's, it's a reaction, if anything else. It's like you've yeah. seen those TV ads, you get all this onslaught of really gendered toys and gendered TV ads, and it's just, it's a pushback to all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You kind of, you kind of realize that when you've got these ads playing to, to your children and to the masses, and, and then ultimately that, that feeds to the parents, you're gonna get kids asking for these toys, going to, what should I get my kid for Christmas? That's the one on the advert, that's the one she's gonna want or he's gonna want. And I think it, it plays into the narrative of, of parenting. Um, it, can you say that you're never influenced by what you're watching and, and are you gonna be? Yeah, you are, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, so. Um... Yeah, and I think like we've, ju we've jumped into the, the issues of like toys and, and narratives and image and stuff, but I think that's a really good starting point because uh, like, it, it, to, to my mind, it's not so much that you want to prevent kids from uh, from having uh, from experiencing that toy or that image. Or uh, I mean, maybe you do, or and like I, you know, I, I'm not uh, an authority on this by any means. But like saying, okay, we're going to provide a different narrative, a narrative where maybe girls are in more proactive roles, and it's not always, as you say, like, the boys' toys which seem to promote, like, you're going to go out and be a superhero or action man or be a policeman, and, and then the girls' toys which are about very sort of domestic things all the time. 
um, the, it's not so much about denying girls the opportunity to play that role. I think if, if my daughter, Ifuna, wants to put on a dress and be a princess, then great, she can put on a dress and be a princess. But I just have to be mindful that that's the narrative that's being pushed on her a lot. So there has to be another moment where it's like, well, let's do something different. And yeah, 100%. It's all about balance. And they're, they're learning and absorbing everything. And why wouldn't you want to give them a balance options in life like closing things off to them why would you do that when when you're having a kid you're kind of like well you want the best for this child yeah, yeah. you want them to have every opportunity and especially if you come from a place where your opportunities were limited in whichever way you know coming from a poorer background something that I can relate to a background where you're brought up but you know in a very patriarchal household girls have a role and your opinion doesn't really matter and you've got you've already kind of got it set out some people were lucky to that didn't affect them at all and and i think that's where it spurned from for me right. as soon as i found out i was having a girl i now that i'm older i had so i felt like i had so many mental barriers in the way that were sort of implanted when i was a child from even just the idea of marrying into money yeah. we from money so like how how am i i can't go and possibly earn my way to being rich and being able to look after my so parents. So how are you going to marry your way into I've it? I've got to like, marry my way gosh. into into money so that, you know, my parents are sorted. No, I'm sure I don't. And like, by the way, I mean, talk about this as much as you want and it's like up to you to set the limits of how personal you want to be about any of that. But but it's interesting. So I'll ask a question and you just either tell me no or deflect if you don't want yeah, to go yeah. there. But do you think that that was in a, like explicitly stated that you shouldn't or rather that you should have that like well if you want to be successful you're going to marry into it love or is that something implied or was it a combination or oh it was very explicit it was right. very explicit at the sunday dinner table um it was a military yeah so no, yeah. Not, without going into all of it but it yeah, was yeah yeah without going into all of it you know my uh, my mom was a nurse she and then she was a home carer hmm. and she had a very domestic role in our family you know and then my my dad he went out he earned the bacon yeah um i mean given my mom was like working part-time at the, the same time as bringing up two kids yeah she you know all household duties were my mum, and so that's um, what you grew up seeing and that's what i grew yeah. up seeing and yeah. and and I didn't really see this sort of level. There wasn't a level of respect even given to that, of a gratefulness for right. taking on that role even. It was just an expectation. Right, that's so, just what women do. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what women do. That's the women's role. And, you know, you've got to keep house. And I definitely, I think from a young age, had a problem with authority anyway. So I was going <laughs> to rebel against that um, just because it was there to rebel against. So lucky me, eh? <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> think that, I don't think that all children... Like, even being an adult... I'm happy to sort of speak about this because I think you can kind of get to a point in your adult life and be like, ah, oh, why have I struggled with knowing my worth and, and feeling like I can actually say yes to things and push myself and, and that things are actually available to me. And I, it took a long time for me to kind of come and realise that yeah. this is probably the root of, of it. And so, you know, if I'm speaking about it and, and I'm ringing any bells here, then, you know, ha have a look at it and, and your upbringing and see whether um, that had any impact possibly and yeah. then i've used that to as a sort of tool you know not, not trying to be um dismissive of my like my parents you know they just they did a good job but um there are definitely things you become a parent yourself and you're like ah, 
I'm never gonna, <laughs> I'm never gonna do that to yeah. my child. And I can remember thinking things like that when I was a kid. And you know, obviously, some things are unrealistic. Like I'm never gonna shout at my child. Um, thinking that <laughs> as a kid, like not being like, yeah, I didn't like being shouted at. Yeah, <laughs> I raised my voice. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, on that point, one of the things I wanted to ask you was like, I suppose. You're, you know, it's to me, it's interesting that you s- sort of are, tr- are starting from a point of wanting your daughter not to experience some of the same prejudices and, and stereotypes that you grew up with. But, and she probably won't because you're quite conscious of them. But for, for people more widely now, you know, in 2017, I'm sure there are stereotypes that are left to break or to, to smash. And I wonder what those are. I mean, I, what, what do you think are the stereotypes now that are sort of we need to be more conscious of? Um, I think that you know there's still there's still an issue here anyway in in Great Britain that we've got a gender pay gap. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is just being tackled very slowly. It's like a stick in the mud. It seems so <laughs> yeah. obvious. Like, why wouldn't you? We're all human beings. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that's where the element of humanism and feminism ties in. Like, this idea, we're all humans. Why on earth would somebody who's doing the same job, if yeah. not better, you know, like, a better role, why are they not being paid the same as men? It, it's just, it's ludicrous. And, and I think until you're kind of thinking about that, it's a kind of non-issue. It's not really thought about. It's not really talked about. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and that's how it remains sort of half-brushed under the the carpet it's like it's there and it's under the carpet and it's just this sort of wobbly bit that you trip over every now and then and and you can get annoyed at it and and that's something that I don't don't want Adelina to work hard and study really hard or or do or have these dreams that are then and when she gets there you know why is she getting 20% you know why is there a time of the year where she stops getting paid basically in comparison to her male counterparts and it's almost like there are obvious points that you can address raising a child as a feminist so thinking okay well we're not just going to pick the pink toys from the pink side of the toy shop or let's try and like get her out and get kids you know get a girl out into the woods and get muddy and stuff and there's a sort of simple level that that is still important uh, and everyone should should address but you're already getting into some of the points that to my mind are far more subtle because the gender pay gap is obvious and it's been researched and it's clear and yet how you actually go about addressing it to my mind is actually quite complex and so like it's sort of hard to know how you raise a five six seven year old sort of say and by the time you get a job you're going to be earning 15 percent less than the male counterpart so you're going to need to (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) in terms of the action plan when it comes to that because hopefully i mean you know ideal world that won't be an issue when she comes to her working age and whatever but if it is what um i think the the tool that i can sort of give her and we can give daughters because i do i do think that it is something that women struggle with because they are in a general society brought up to they don't speak out like it if a a man were to or if a boy were to um if a boy were to be in the playground and and give give the plan for the game for the play for playtime and and start instructing children you've got you've got a leader there yeah if you've got a girl stood (laughs) and and telling kids like hey 
do that. You do this, and then you do this, and then here's she's the game. Bossy. We've got the game. She's bossy. We're already classifying yeah. girls and 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 giving a negative like stigma to any girl speaking up. So I think it's though it's hard actually when you're parenting because like you want your child to be polite, you want your child to be fair yeah. and and kind, and I think there's definitely a fine line between nurturing the ability to actually see what's right and what's wrong or keeping your mouth shut and you right. know, being great. Uh, and or raising a stroppy child who's, yeah, yeah right, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly, like, oh, yeah. where, where, do we, where do we go this fine line between, okay, you kind of got a brat there. <laughs> you know. And you just brought up, like, being liked. So if we live in a patriarchal society, which to my mind we do, then the ways in which you're going to get your girl to be liked are you're kind of almost circling back to yeah. playing up to stereotypes to some degree. And, and maybe there's something to be said, I wasn't planning on bringing up this point, but maybe we've got a minute for it, but maybe there is something to be said for girls also learning to play into those roles. I don't know. I mean, maybe girls ought to know a little bit about being princesses and, and acting, as long as that's like, that's a role that you get to play, because maybe there is something in accept or knowing uh, that that there this is a patriarchal society that's probably not going away anytime soon yeah, yeah. so like if you're going to need to play that role it's a role it's not you it doesn't define you but it's there to be played and then get out i don't know i mean yeah no i t i think like that's totally right because we can't live that's the other thing of, of kind of this idea of bringing your child up as a feminist in a feminist environment yeah. and then actually are you just kind of buffering them, are you are you wrapping them up in cotton wool and right. not presenting them to the real world, yeah. um, you know you have to be realistic about it and, you, and, and what's quite good is when you're out and about in the world you're reminded of it every day and, yeah. and what well, I certainly am and um, I think like you've got I think it's again about balance and it's about present same with, with boys like why would you say no so if a boy wants to shove a, a dress on and be the princess like right. why not if that's you not a shove role that down as yeah. a boy's throat and you're like this is gender equality this yeah. is gender you can be a prince you will be a princess <laughs> you know, like you that's not fair either yeah. because you're then you're then sort of um molding you know you're molding unfairly yeah. you've still got to present this sort of blank canvas for them you've got to let them have just freedom to do it and and so yeah it's it's not just a, a feminist matter I think you know this parenting um style just it might not be for everybody to sort of give your child free reign but it's, a, it's such a limited amount of years that they've yeah. got this amazing creativity and imagination and and we're all we already start even though we try and harness it like go and do a painting go and do this you know no matter how sort of creative we think we're allowing our children to be by sort of doing arts and crafts or this yeah. and that, like, are we actually, we're sort of bottlenecking that creativity and imagination that they have. And you've got to, hmm. I think, what's really important and feeds on to, like, society issues is, like, le letting them be kids. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, yeah, letting them be kids. And yet I, I also think that, you know, as, as I said before, at the beginning, I've got two boys and I want them to be brought up in the knowledge that uh, gender equality is a thing. It's sort of like the same, I, I like to sort of place this in the same category as say race, for instance, or ethnicity is a better term really, but they, my children, I'd quite like them to know that they're white kids and that they live in a white 
uh, English stroke Irish background with a family who's because then ultimately uh, if you don't then they grow up thinking that this is just normal you know I'm normal and yeah. so then there's that otherness which is uh, the, the other ethnicities yeah so they have to have that conversation early on and I think when it comes to gender uh, then I think it's the same issue that if they if boys grow up because boys are going to be confronted with it far less they won't necessarily they won't have that that conflict of as to whether they go to the party wearing a dress or wearing a pair of trousers and it's just you know I, I think it was um Caitlin Moran who wrote recently wrote an article of something like 12 things that men should know about women that they never say and uh you know it was you know men put on a pair of trousers and get on with the day and, and there isn't that question of well am I going to have to go to a job interview am I going to have to run for my life and you know these are sort of queries that women uh, are confronted with so boys won't be confronted with that so therefore that conversation is almost all the more important that they're tuned into it and it, they don't wake up at age 18 hearing this word feminism thinking what the hell is that yeah. how is that a thing um, yeah, you do get to this this point where you've got a lot of male adults in complete denial of yeah. feminism and to the point where they're active against it and, and branding people, especially women, who feel have to call themselves feminists because it is a thing and yeah. you've got to call it out. People don't like... Especially white males who come, especially, you know, even like the middle to upper class, they don't like being called out on um, the fact that they've been a part of this oppression in society and to the point where they'll actively deny it, they'll dispel whatever yeah. they can. And I think the only person that can, you know, and then you, you do also get these sort of women that have taken on, like, taken on board what these people are saying, like, uh, and saying, I don't need feminism because right. I, you know, the men in my life respect me and I respect them. Okay, well, good for you. Good for you that you've been in such a privileged position to yeah. have men in your life that respect you and you respect them. Great, that's what we're working yeah. for in society. Um, but it, you're living in your own little world if you think that other women don't have access and pri the privilege to right. that. Why it's a basic in society. And when you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, why, why do women get... A hard, like not get a fair deal with that like why do they get a smaller pyramid um and, and like with misplaced yeah. and bricks and yeah and stuff so historically yeah. it's there and and to, to deny it is is bizarre so the chat with caroline went on a little bit longer and i felt we went back and forth and it went pretty well so we'll have the second part of this interview next week so for now, this is it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please get in touch at Barnaby Humanist on Twitter, barnabyhumanist at gmail.com. And take care.